So today's uh, gospel passage is coming from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. And so in honor of the reading of the gospel passage, I invite you to stand as you are able in body and spirit. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on the account of the crowd, he could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore tree to see him, because he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. And all who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. And then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. And because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, let's kind of look at this story now. What's going on? What was happening before Jesus went to Jericho on his way to Jerusalem? What was he talking about? What is the context here? Well, before we get to this scene, if you read in the chapter 18 of Luke, Jesus gives parables that challenge the wealthy, that challenge the Pharisees. He's correcting the mindset of those who are in power, those that have plenty. And now you get to a place in Jericho as on his way to Jerusalem, and he comes across a man named Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector. Now let's take a look at this. Many of us have heard before tax collectors were considered sinners in that day and age. They were not looked favorably upon. Probably very much like the current tax collectors, right? <laughs> but there's a reason why, and there's a good reason why. When Rome comes in and conquers an area, they will allow that area to still to govern themselves, to worship the way they want to worship, as long as they do basically two things. They don't challenge Rome, they don't have a riot or uprising, and as long as they pay their taxes, they kind of let you keep going. And that's how they were able to maintain such a wide empire at that day and age, and to keep it relatively stable. So when Rome came in and conquered the area of Israel, they enlisted locals to do their government work. And so the people that were there, a lot of the Jewish people that were there were put to work for Rome. And some Jewish people decided to work as tax collectors. Okay, it's a job that was needed. Remember, that's one of the two things Rome needed you to do as a conquered state, pay your taxes. Well, the reason why tax collectors were looked down upon is because they were taking money from their own people and giving it to the conquerors. They were looked as traitors almost. And to make matters worse, Rome told the tax collectors, basically, this is how much you need to make for the government, but anything on top of that is your salary. And so they would cheat people. And they would charge more than what they needed to so they can make a decent living. And so here is Zacchaeus, a person of that area, who is not just a tax collector, 
But in scripture, it says he is the chief tax collector. He is the top tax collector. And he was rich. He was rich. And so right there, that tells you the locals really thought he was a sinner. Not only did he work as a tax collector, he was the chief tax collector. And he was rich, taking from his people. And they looked down upon him. So that's a little bit about Zacchaeus. That's a little bit about him. But Jesus did not stray away from tax collectors and sinners. That's who he gravitated toward. That's who he was seeking. Look at his 12 disciples. Matthew was a tax collector. Left his job on the spot. Didn't give a two weeks notice. And went and became a disciple of Christ. And then became an apostle to spread the good news. So tax collectors are somebody who Jesus worked with. And that just irritated the stew out of the Pharisees and out of the local Jewish people. They grumbled at this, that he would work with these sinners and seek them out. So here we have Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, passing through Jericho, and there were crowds everywhere. Now, like I said, and Bam did a good job with her children's moment, but there's something I want to bring that's a different perspective about these crowds as well that you don't hear much about. And it can be either way. When you read the passage here, it says Zacchaeus, he was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed the tree to see him. Well, if you think about this, it makes you think Zacchaeus was the short person, right? But you can also read it as well as maybe Jesus was shorter than the crowds and you couldn't see him as well. And that's a different perspective that not many of us have thought about. It's not really of importance theologically, but it also shows us the way we read Scripture can be seen differently if you put emphasis at different parts. And so when you read this passage, you can also see how maybe Jesus was short in stature. So in order to see him, Zacchaeus climbed the tree. I'm trying to get rid of that Zacchaeus the wee little man song that you all sang in Sunday school out of your head. But it is just another perspective that you can get from this passage here. But as we continue on in reading this and seeing this, it also highlights how much fanfare Jesus brings when he comes into a town. Jesus is getting to be well-known in the area. And when he comes into town, people thrive to see him. Zacchaeus, who was the chief tax collector and rich, climbed the tree as a little boy would climb a tree to see this rock star of a rabbi that's coming into town. He wanted to make eye contact and to see the face of Jesus Christ. And so he ran ahead and climbed the tree because it was so important for him to do this. And it makes me pause and think, do we have that same energy, that same drive, to see Christ in our own lives? Do we have that same curiosity that makes us to go ahead of the crowds and to do things that may seem silly in order to draw closer to him? Or do we just sit back and do we just sit back and stay behind the crowds and miss out? I think there's a lot to learn from Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, that we need to adapt in our own lives. There are many times where we're like, well, the weather's not quite nice. It looks kind of rough out there. I might not go to church this morning and watch it on TV. 
well, you know, we could go to Wednesday night and fellowship and go to Bible study, or we could just go to a drive-thru and just go home and call it a day. Or, you know, that mission trip, it's just been calling my name, but it, it may not be a good year. If you want to go on a mission trip, see Ellen Healy. She'll talk to you after the service. They had a meeting. You know, we need to adopt those drives where we go beyond the measure to meet Christ, to seek him out in our own lives and not be complacent in what we do and not just let the opportunity to pass us by. There's so much that we can learn from this. And so once he got inside and on top of the tree, Jesus approached him, looked up and said to him, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. And so Zacchaeus did so. It is something to be called by your name. When someone says your name, it brings a personal connection in that conversation at that moment. If you meet somebody new, they say you got to say the name in that conversation multiple times in order for it to stick because names are important. Somehow, and we don't know the story, but somehow Jesus already knew Zacchaeus, already knew that this moment was going to happen. It's almost as if Jesus passed through Jericho just for this moment with the crowds witnessing the whole event because he looked up at him and said, come down from that tree and I'm going to come to your house today. You know, that's kind of backwards. Normally, it's folks inviting other people to your house or to their house, right? And in that day and age, it was an honor to be invited as a guest to someone's house. It was an honor to have that and sit right next to the host at the table, to be given that place of importance. But Jesus does things backwards, he went to Zacchaeus and the tree and said, I'm coming to your house. Let's have a feast. Let's sit down at the table together, which means they're going to have a relationship. Jesus is going to have a conversation with Zacchaeus and they're going to form a bond. Because even in today, when you go to Jerusalem and you're invited to someone's home, that means you're part of the family. It's very big in that culture and many cultures when you're invited to the table, it's like your family. Come to my home, take off your shoes, kick back, enjoy a meal and let's fellowship. And so this is showing the crowds who Jesus seeks. He seeks those who are willing to go out of the way to know him, who are willing to take risk to know and follow him. No matter what you do in your life, no matter what you have done in your life, no matter what you will do in your life. But yet he seeks people who seek him and invites them in fellowship. And so we see that this person here is now going to be received by Jesus. And Zacchaeus was happy to do so. But wait a minute, here we go. You always have the naysayers. You always have the grumblers. And so when that happens, the crowd begins to grumble. The crowd begins to say, look at him. He's going to eat with a sinner. Why is he going to do this? This man cheats people. And they begin to grumble. 
And so where it says, he has gone to be the guest of one who's a sinner. And then Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord in front of the crowds and everybody, look, my half my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. And then Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. And for the son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. You know, in our lives, we can become the grumblers too. We can become the ones that become a little bitter sometimes. When we see people that we think maybe shouldn't get priority first, but they get priority We're like, what did they do to receive that? I've done everything right. Why do they get that? Why do they get to take that privilege? We can be grumblers at times. But here is Zacchaeus standing before the grumblers saying, look, if I have taken anything, I will give back four times as much. I will give half of my possessions to the poor. Well, let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at this. First, you're only supposed to give 10%, right? Is that what the Bible says? Somewhere in there about 10%. Well, here, Zacchaeus said he'll give more than that. He's going to give 50% to the poor. He's going to go above and beyond. And somewhere in the Bible, it says if you defraud somebody, you need to pay them back double. But what does Zacchaeus say? He says, I'm going to pay him back four times as much. He's going to go above and beyond what is required in Scripture to correct his wrongs. You know, in my line of work here at the church, we do a ministry that comes from the John Wesley Fund. And the ministry is, gets us money from when people, when we take communion, if someone makes a donation, we put it in a John Wesley Fund. And it's for the community. It's for people who are down on their luck financially and need some financial assistance from the church. And they walk up to the church and say, I need some help. And so they'll come to my office and meet with me and we'll determine, you know, if we're able to help them and if the need is great and, and kind of go from there. And, you know, I could kind of predict on when it's going to happen. It's going to happen at the end of the month. I'll get a lot of phone calls and a lot of visits. There was one day last week where I had back-to-back visits from folks looking for assistance and phone calls for me to follow back up on and to help out those until there was no more money to help out with. But there's also those that you know that are going to be repeat people. And they're always going to come, and they're always going to come with a different story. They're always going to come with a different need. And it's kind of like clockwork. And for myself, when you do that time and time again, you have to prepare your heart because sometimes you can be a little cynical of like, oh, you're back again. I bet you're going to come back the next month and the next month and the next month. You have to prepare your heart and be ready to deal with that in a Christ-like way because if not, I could become a grumbler. I could become a grumbler. We all could become grumblers. But with Zacchaeus and with these people that come to my office, you don't know really and truly the full story. You hear what they say, but you really and truly don't know. You have to leave it to God. Another way to look at what Zacchaeus says here when he defends himself, the translation I read from is the New Revised Standard 
you know, translation, the NRSV. And it's the common one most Methodist churches use. But as part of this series, this is a teaching series, I want to share something. You can read a passage in different translation and get a different meaning from it. And so when you read this passage and read these verses of what Zacchaeus says from the common English Bible, it brings a different perspective. And this was brought to my attention when I was listening to a commentary from Eric Fissler and Rob McCoy. They said, read this in the common English Bible and see what you get out of it. And this is what the common English Bible says. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions I give to the poor. And if I defrauded anyone of anything, I pay back four times as much. It's the present tense. Changing it from future tense of I will and I will to I pay and I do changes a little bit of Zacchaeus' story. It makes you believe that Zacchaeus already does this, that he is doing this. And that by standing and defending himself, which was common, instead of kneeling when you repent, he was exclaiming to the crowds, I do this. I go above and beyond. And Jesus knew Zacchaeus did this because he's Jesus and he wanted to teach the crowd something. He wanted to show the grumblers, hey, this chief tax collector that I invited myself over to his house, listen to this man. He gives half of his money to the poor and if he finds out he's defrauded anybody, he pays them back four times more. See, sometimes we don't always know what's going on. Sometimes we see chief tax collector and just say sinner. But when you read this passage in a different translation, it brings a whole different meaning. There's no right or wrong between the New Revised Standard and that one. It's just a different perspective. When Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham, he is reminding everybody in the crowd that yet he's a tax collector. He is still one of us, one of you, one of our ancestors. Don't cast him out. I have come to seek this man and seek others. Don't cast him out. And I think that makes us take a look at our own lives as well. Because Zacchaeus, unlike Matthew, who left his job to become a disciple, Zacchaeus, it doesn't tell you that he quit being a tax collector. From all things that we read, he probably continued to be a chief tax collector that gave half of his earnings to the poor and paid back people four times if he defrauded them. And I think that tells us something, and Bam hit on that in the children's moment, I think that tells us something, that God needs people in every walk of life. God can use people in every walk of life. He can use those IRS agents that are auditing your business, all right? He can use the store clerk. He can use whatever government official you have to call the water department to fix a bill. He can use anybody. Road construction crew guy. You name it. He can use everybody. You don't have to quit what you're doing to become a preacher or a church worker or whatever. But in the area of life that you're in, whether you're retired, whether you're on the HOA board, whether you, I don't know, whatever you do that may seem not anything that would build something for the kingdom. 
but he can still use you in your current role in life. And we all need to start seeing ourselves as valuable enough to do that wherever we are. We can treat people in Christ-like ways and not grumble and be the light and be that example of Jesus for others. And wherever we are, whatever we do, just like Zacchaeus is doing as the chief tax collectors, he proved everybody wrong that he's not a sinner. Yes, he takes money from people. Yes, he has to do that for the government. But yet if he finds out he's done it wrong, he pays them back. And it's something that we all have to think about when we look at those individuals in our society that we're careful to not be the grumblers and also to view ourselves as valuable enough to serve Christ wherever we are. And so I think even as a church, we have to evaluate that as well. The best ways we can serve God in our current context. What's the best way to do that? Is it to create new ministries and do more mission trips? Is it to have more worship services or discipleship classes or whatever? We have to look at how God can use us, just as we have to look at how God can use us personally in our own lives. Because Jesus is ready to receive us. But yet we have to be like Zacchaeus and run ahead of the crowd and show that we have the energy and the drive to do it. We can't become complacent of doing the same old, same old, or not doing this because of that, or not doing that because of this. There's a lot of good reasons and excuses to not do things. But the best reason why we must do it is because we have a God that loves us so. And so I think in this story here, I think it's a good head fake story where everybody thinks Zacchaeus is going down this path and we think we got him figured it out, figured out. But really we don't. The crowds didn't. And also what it's telling us too, that we need to be able to be excited for Jesus and realize that we're valuable too and that we need to be running ahead of the crowds, showing the world the type of love and grace that we get to experience each and every day. And that's the amazing thing about our God. No matter what we have done in the past, if we seek forgiveness, we are forgiven. The slate is wiped clean and we can start fresh. We just have to let go of it. Because the devil wants us to hold on to stuff because when you hold on to stuff, it weighs you down and it slows you down. And that's exactly what he wants. But if we realize through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross that we can wake up each and every day and be, ask for forgiveness and be forgiven and have those weights dropped, then we can run as fast as we can ahead of the crowds, serving God in the ways that we are called to serve God. And that's something to celebrate. Zacchaeus was happy to get down from that tree and have Jesus come over to his house. He did it with joy. We have to seek the joy when we serve God. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's challenging. Yeah, it pushes out our comfort zone. But it's a joy because of the love and grace that we're given. That we're invited to the table. All of us. Each and every person. And that is something to celebrate. That is something to be joyful about. And so this week, may we reflect upon this story and the different perspectives and things we can pull out of it. And the way it can speak into our lives. 
Because these are important stories. There are important messages to get from this. There are things that we can learn and do and be motivated by, all for the glory of God. So may we be more like Zacchaeus this week, the chief tax collector, yes. May we be like him and not the grumblers in the crowd so that the world can experience the full love and grace of Jesus Christ that's given to each and every one of us freely. Let's pray.